podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the second of our special 10th anniversary League Cup podcasts where we interview a couple of people who had a, a very big role to play on the day. First up, um, and is already live, we had a chat with Stephen Thompson. I hope you've all already listened to that one. I've, I've listened to it five or, or six times, nothing nothing crazy. Um, we're delighted to say that this time joining us is uh, is the architect of uh, of that victory, the, the last summer manager to bring Major Silverware back to Paisley. We are joined today by Danny Lennon. Hi, Danny. Hi, how are you doing, Mark? Jamie Craig, uh, thank you very much for, you know, inviting me on tonight and um, hopefully creating and, and going back and, you know, fondly going over some some fantastic memories that we all created together. You've done a better job of introducing the two of them than I have, Danny, because <laughs> that's the bit I usually start with, so thanks for uh, thanks for covering for me. Um, I think, uh, I think Jamie, you've, you, you'll take us away. Yeah, yeah. So if, if we sort of um, look back to the start of that season, um, when we obviously ended up winning the, the, the Cup, and you, you think about the, the squad that you assembled, what, what, what did you have sort of, what did you feel about that squad? Like, because from the outside, it seemed like there was a really good blend of like experience, youth, grit, uh, creativity yeah. and that whole side. Yeah, I, I, th- I think you're right there, Jamie. And, and the key thing there was that, you know, every year, that you're always trying to improve and what you've already got. And, um, you know, we were no different that season, you know, and I felt from my first season of going in and every year after that, you know, particularly in the second season, the first season was all about survival. You were then able to bring players in that you felt could play the style of football that you wanted. You know, I felt the first season I had to adapt to the group of players that I had and, and they were a great bunch, you know, and it was a great learning curve for me. But year upon year, you know, we we tried to get that balance right between good experienced players and not just players that were willing to come uh, to finish their careers here. We wanted players that were going to still be still prepared to to work hard first and foremost that could had the right character to come into um, our, our, our dressing room and more importantly, improve us as a, as a team and still have that hunger. And and we got that balance right and we seemed to get that balance along with some fantastic young players that had real, real good potential. But what they certainly did have and didn't lack was, was you know, energy. And with that balance between experience and youth, you know, it was a fantastic blend. I think being able to look to guys like Gary Teo and, and Stephen Thompson, even Jim Goodwin, to be able to call on that, but also to have someone like John McGinn emerge as he did that season and, and yeah. stand out so much, that must have been a real gift to, to work with. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned three very strong re- leaders and characters there and, and Jim, Gary and, and Stevie. And in their own, you know, they were, they were absolutely fantastic for me. Um, you know, Stevie Thompson... You know, not only came to finish his career to play for a, a club that he supported for a wee boy and, you know, to, to win a, a major cup with them and, you know, he finished top goal scorer every season that he was there. You know, that was a personal best for Stevie in his own. Um, so it was so. 
as much as he was great for us, I felt we were good for him and able to, you know, um, bring him to the levels of where he, where he should should have been, you know, in terms of when he was at Rangers, etc. Uh, Cardiff, and you know, Gary came. Gary was a a pleasure. Gary's probably one of the best professionals, experienced players that I've worked with. You know, he was he was such a a great character in and around the dressing room. Um, he was one of the guys where Gary, Gary, you could put an arm around him, but you could also give him a boot up the backside at the same time, and they responded to it absolutely fantastically well. And he's the best, and I still use him to this day as an example of when players are going through disappointment and maybe no starting games or no playing particularly well and getting withdrawn for games. You know, Gary always put the team first. So he, did. he always put his his, his, his own... Um, displeasing, he always put that aside and always put the team first and became a supporter, um, so he did and he always responded in the right manner you mentioned Jim Goodman fantastic leader, yeah, captain, you know, on and off the pitch, uh, and Jim was absolutely fantastic for me, so he was and we had a, a, a very, very good relationship, and then you talk about, you know, the, the, the other end of that weekend, uh, John McGinn coming in and, you know I don't think any of us are surprised um, one bit to see the levels of where John has went with his career. You could see that. I could see that from a very early age, 15, 16 years of age, working with him. And I always tell the story anytime that I watch John McGinn for, for the stand above in the director's box and, and the development games or reserve games. And the amount of times that John McGinn would see something that I hadn't seen you know, up 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 at the top of the, the director's box and, and not only just see it but deliver it and he'd done it time and time again. Um and he's the only one, he's the only player that we ever brought over when we bridged that gap between the youth uh, academy and the first team. John McGinn was the only player to come over and never go back. So he was um, he was exceptional. Uh, thinking about the the cup run itself, is there any um, moments from the cup run that, that kind of stick out in your mind as as pivotal? So thinking Goodwin's penalty up at Petardry, uh, Samson's save in the the semi finals, a couple of examples. But is there anything for you that kind of comes to mind when you you think back over maybe the entire run leading up yeah, to the final? Yeah, I, I think the one that kick started us right away, and it was it was a very very challenging game for us. Was the was it the Hamilton game? Um, and I think was it Lee Mayer? Yeah, yeah, uh, stoppage time. Yeah, yeah, and stoppage time. You know that was a pivotal one for me. Um, and I thought we were very good that night. Um, and you know we played well. Uh, we created. We had bulk of the possession. Um, we never looked a problem. But the longer the clock had went on, um, Hamilton, um, as as you know, you're very resilient and difficult to beat. Um, and now. That for me was one that we've all seen it before in games when you've maybe you've dominated the game in terms of possession, but not the scoreline. Um, and going into that extra time, sometimes it can it can swing against you. But fortunately for us that night, it didn't. We kept plugging away, and we got we got our just rewards with a great goal from from Lee Lee Mayer from a set play. So you know that 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 kicked us on there. And um, for me, looking at that. I think you need a wee bit of luck in any cup competition, whether that's with a draw, the pool of players that you've got at your disposal and suspensions at that time. 
but you know that certainly put us off to a off to a flyer there. I think the the one that sticks in my mind, Craig, Craig mentioned it there. It's it's after Jim Goodwin scores his penalty in the shootout at Petodre, and he g's up the fans. He he kind of I think he almost kind of like sidesteps yeah. after it and kind of faces the the fans and claps and just kind of boosted. At that point, but it can go. It can go either way. Um, no, I can. And and once again that night, I felt. I, I thought, you know, a very very di- difficult venue as we know over the years for St. Mum uh, to go to Petrodre, and I thought we were excellent in that night. Um, also, we got off to a great start. I think it was Big Sam Parking early on in the game, and then they get themselves back into the game, uh, and then Kenny McLean scored a, an absolute. Uh, fantastic individual goal, you know, and probably only a Kenny McLean could have could have slipped that in and, 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 and seen that at that time. That's what he had in his locker. But as it went, you know, and it goes to injury time, uh, uh, and extra time, etc., and you, and you go to the penalties, you know, we were quite dead in our knees at that time for the, you know, the game at the weekend and the journey up the pitch was quite heavy of my mind, uh, as, as I recall. And, you know, going into that game, and I always remember, you know, Gary Teal in uh, that night, and we're going into about the last ten minutes of the game, and you know, the players had absolutely given everything, and you're thinking about, you know, the penal- uh, penalties coming up, but at the same time, you're you're looking for your leaders to be there, and um, if you can snatch one, but we'd also practice penalties every round of that cup competition, and all the penalty takers were still on the pitch at that at that given time. Uh, and Gary was on his knees, and uh, I always remember uh, Stuart Gilmer, you know, uh, uh, not at the end of the game, but, you know, uh, a day or two after the game, you know, he, he was he, he thought I was going to take him off. And, and, and you, you, you make these gut, uh, this, uh, gut instinct decisions at the time. Um, but I couldn't really see Aberdeen breaking us down. And at that stage of the game, we were gearing for the penalties, you know, and I wanted the players that, that had um, struck them in the training, um, you know, and, and, and the players that had been there and, you know, the confidence to go and do that. And and, and Gary fitted that. And, you know, we did exceptionally well that night. Big Craig Sansom, you know, pulled one out of the bag as well as he did in the semi-final. So uh, it was a great night. And it was a great bus journey back down the road. Sure. Um, when you spoke to the, I think it was the BBC after that game, I'd, I'd had a look up earlier on and, and you described the, the players as as being like gladiators and, and fighting, and I think that was kind of typical of of that run. It was you know it was you know that kind of dying on your shields yeah, aspect I, of, of things. Yeah, I, I thought when you look back in the full run of the the cup competition, we needed everything that you need to to win um, cups. And you know you talk about that gladiator mentality. You talk about them giving them all, and we were we were absolutely. Absolutely fantastic in some we talk about how, how we kept doing all the right things in the Hamilton game and in the Aberdeen game and you know, when I look back and, and I say that you need a wee bit of luck, um and and you can see teams maybe getting a wee bit of an easier right to a, a cup uh, final, etc. And when you say, you know, any team that thoroughly deserved to go and win the cup, I felt that we did that year, you know, in terms of where we had to go and play for the quarter-final onwards, away to Aberdeen, a venue that's not been good to St Mirren over many, many years, you know, and then you draw 
Then uh, formed club in Scotland in the semi-final and then the final itself. So, um, as I said, we needed a wee bit of everything in, in, in uh, the whole tournament. And, um, you know, that, that group of players from the experienced ones right down to the, the younger ones, the younger ones brought that energy uh, to the experienced ones and the experienced ones brought that, you know, knowledge and experience to the, to the younger ones. It was a great mixture, great group. Absolutely. As I mentioned at the start, we spoke with um, with Stephen Thompson a couple of weeks ago for the first of these of these interviews that we're we're releasing, and in that he mentioned that the the win over Celtic in the semi final was, in his opinion, the best performance across his whole time from from a certain side across his whole time. Yeah. At the club is is that an opinion that you share? I wouldn't disagree with that one, Mark, and. Um... And I was actually, you know, in my time off at this minute in time, I was doing a, you know, a, a, a little bit of a work on a, a managerial philosophy brochure, etc. And I was also doing a, um, a PowerPoint, you know, just um, that if and when the opportunity comes that you get back to back in front of a, a board of directors or a chairman, you know, for interviews. And part of the process of that presentation was you know, the cut run at St. Um, so it was um, just thinking something out of the box. Uh, but unfortunately, I didn't have the, the the semi-final game in full. I have the DVDs of the other ones, etc. Um, so Andy from the BBC, a guy that, uh, that done the documentary when we won the final, uh, along with Chick, he'd managed to get me a, a copy of the, the semi-final uh, just last week, actually. And I watched the game. I watched the first half, and I only meant to watch, you know, the start of the game, and I was engrossed in it. So I was, and you, I actually forgot how good we were that first half, with the ball and without the ball. I thought we were outstanding in the way that we put a, a foothold in the game, the way that we closed Celtic down, you know, and winning possession back, and I just thought we were so brave that day, and. Um, it was a great atmosphere. And again, you know, I thought Celtic getting the goal late on, you know, um, was a wee, bit, a wee bit unfair on us. But, you know, to hold on in the way that they did, you know, and to come back from the penalty decision, you know, against Jim Goodwin, you know, and a great save for, for Craig Sampson. But for me, you know, I would agree with Stevie, that, that's certainly up there with one of the best um Overall performances uh, with and without the ball and Matt Matiner at the club. I would um, I'd compare it to the to the victory we had over Celtic this season, and we don't have that many over the, the years to, yeah. to 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 make that comparison with. Where we felt after the game that we absolutely deserved it. It wasn't a you know it yeah. wasn't a smashing grab or, or anything like it. It was a game plan that was right for the moment and that was executed in the way it should have been, and, and we deserved to to go through. No, there's no doubt about that. I mean, I think, you know, going into that game alone, um, in my time at the club, you know, we always found it a challenge against Celtic. We tried several times. We had a go at them. I remember, I think that's it. Weeks before it, we went to Parkhead and I think, we, I think you know, we we took a, and against Magrain, you know, we, we, we went and parked the bus, if you like. Uh, and we came away with a narrow one nil defeat. You know, and that one went against us, and I think we scored. They, they scored late on um, in that game. But when you actually go and park the bus and you and, and you end up getting done like that in the last 80, 
in 85 minutes or whatever it may be, it gives you very, very little time to, to react to that. So we deserved everything that we got. So I always vowed that we wouldn't do that again. But like any any defeat in any game, you know, you always learn a great deal about yourself and a great deal about your opponents. Uh, and we certainly did that again, Celtic. And, you know, we went there with a game plan. We knew the areas in which we had to stop. And we talk about that semi-final game. Um, and I'm actually going to give him a wee call because... David Van Zant was absolutely outstanding in the first half. So he was against um, the big um, Samaras lad, who was a major, major problem, you know, and he stuck to his tags very well that day. And the, the midfield duo, he, 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 Connor Newton and, and John McGinn, you know, doubling up and not allowing it to come inside that we, how we spoke about. Yeah, fantastic. It was a great performance. And the goals alone, Ishmael Gengal was coming in and and putting his mark on it, and um, we Paul McGowan, Paul McGowan was frightening the first half um, in that game, um, so he was, in, in terms of how we got on the ball, how we broke very, very quickly at them, and, um, you know, Stevie once again, that, 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 that bit, you know, for the second goals, I think the one just after half time, where we count something that's, very, it's just over 30 passes are very close to it but one wee interruption just down the technical side of the book uh, a misplaced pass and they're getting it back immediately and then bang a, a great inter, interacting passing move down the left hand side uh, and we done it and Stevie Thompson uh, all the strikers that, that I've ever worked with you know he was absolutely fantastic in his timing the balls coming up in the box and getting across defenders and his finish was absolutely supreme so it was so in the, in the lead up to the final um, the players were out in the community raising excitement about the game you then took the yeah. squad to St Andrews for some preparation and isolation how tough was it to find a, a sort of balance between instilling belief and raising expectations and try to keep the feet in the ground so the players could play their own game yeah it was very when you when you get to that stage and you're in a, a major final, um, it's very very difficult. You know everybody's mind can go racing, but we had still very valuable points to play for. You know from March, you know through April, very important games. Um, other ones, you know, players were trying to get themselves, you know, in the squad or it. Into the thoughts of the starting lineup for the final, so there was everything to play for the uh, to play for there. But I thought um, the whole club in the community, you know, in Paisley in the full district, you know, Brian Caldwell, um, who was the chief executive at the time, he did absolutely wonders, you know, in terms of where we had to be, you know, the interaction and getting the full community um, and the supporters right behind us and. You know that that was a that was a big major part for me was getting out there and and going to the schools uh, and getting the full community and, and and that backing. You know, and the players we 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 very carefully split. You know, what players would go here, what ones would go go there. So everybody was involved in that process. But big uh, Brian Colwell had a major part to play with the organisation of that, and he did it fantastically well. Um, so he did and um, the focus at that time I always remember I always remember us going up you know we were now, now down to I think a week or ten days before the final and I think we played Bundee in a midweek game up at up at Dens Park and 
I played I played a few players that I, I changed the squad up uh, the starting eleven up um, quite a bit uh, that evening because I knew the players that were coming in. You know that they were they were ready. They were trying to prove you know that they were worthy of a, a starting place. If not, you know certainly a jersey in the in the uh, the squad. And we went there and we were absolutely wonderful for 45 minutes, leading 1-0 at half-time. It should have been 4-0, so it should have some fantastic goalkeeping for the Dundee keeper. And then, you know, Gary Harkins in second half started to take a game and we eventually lost the game 2-1, so we did. And, you know, that that was difficult at that moment. Um, so it was because you could tell, you know, in terms of where the, where the minds were, you're then trying to bring on the the regulars, your Stevie Thompsons, etc., guys, guys like that, you know, to try and make the difference. But it was a way too late for us. But when I actually reflect, would I change my decision on that day? No, I wouldn't have, because the first half was was excellent. On on the way to the final itself, there was one or two players that you could see their eyes were on the final. Um, you know, and you know, probably the biggest game that they were ever going to be involved in. Um, and it was difficult to get them back out in the training pitch. You could see that they were wrapping themselves up in cotton wool, if you like. And that's not me being disrespectful to them. I could understand it for their own point of view in cup finals that I played myself. That there may be one uh, one eye on it. Um, and then going to the cup final itself, um, I recall Jim Jim Goodwin. I recall Jim Goodwin. Jim had played for a good number of weeks by now, three, four weeks. And I had great dialogue with Jerry Doherty, uh, the physio at the time. And, you know, we thought it was more psychological than anything um, on the lead up to, to the cup final. Um, so we gave him, we tried to nurture him along and, and whatever, but he was always feeling a wee twinge, etc. So when we went to, we prepared the way for the, the cup final the week week before. We didn't go the week of the cup final. We went a week to 10 days before it, up to the Fairmont at St Andrews. We gave me golf and, and trained up there. Um, and it was only myself and the physio that knew what was going to do. And when we got to the hotel and the players, we had a bit of lunch. And um, we were going to train that afternoon. And... Um, asked the physio to go and get Jerry and we had a meeting in my room and so the gym couldn't plan it and this is where your man management comes into it and it could have it you know could have went against me but fortunately it went for me and I just said to Jim I says look if you're not going to train up here in the next three for the next three days you're ruled out you know I'm not going to go into the game on a Saturday and um, or the or, or the, the final of the, the, the cup the preparation and then having to tweak the full game plan, etc. And you know, you're trying to pick up someone else that's that's maybe been left out to come in, although they would have jumped at that opportunity. And the kind of character that Jim is, you know, he wasn't the best pleased, you know, but sure enough, he was at training that afternoon and he never looked back. He was fantastic at that. And sometimes you've just got to play a little bit of mind games with them. And um, so you do and you know, I was delighted that Jim gave us the confidence that he was ready, and um, not 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 just mentally, but physically. I think it was a physical one that we had to wait to see if he was going to break down. And you know, fortunately for us, he didn't, and he was an absolute absolute stalwart for us in that in that cup final. I think um, 
that psychological aspect of things is is so important and such a key part of the the preparations. But um, it's always been mentioned as well whenever the the subject of the final in that kind of period. Sorry to interrupt there, but let me also give you a, you know a, another story about Jim Goodwin. And I recall, I don't know if you recall the time that we had to go to Aberdeen. I think it was in my second, um, sorry, it was my first season. And we went to Aberdeen and Hamilton began to win a few games and we went up midweek. I don't think we had won up there in 27 years or something. Um, and Jim Goodwin took a real sore one in his ankle on the Saturday's game. And the medical staff had drilled him out to the, for the end of the season. There was only three games or something to go, two games to go. Um, and we had this important game uh, up at Aberdeen. So Jim saying, no, I want to give it a go. Medical staff saying, no. And we were training on the pitch the day before, travelling up to Aberdeen. And sure enough, just as we were about to start training, coming run through the tunnel, we was, it was like a cricket paddy on, paddy head on, was Jim Goodman. Now, the medical staff at this time are the best pleased, you know, because they're thinking about the player and themselves. But, you know, Jim's thinking about Louis Sell. He's, you know, he's putting the team first. And he got through that training session and he played the next night. So he did, and he was outstanding. So he was, you know, it was a Jim Goodwin type of character in the man, you know, and that's me giving you two versions of the story. But that's what cup finals can do to you. It can play in your mind and think, are you going to miss the big occasion? You know, and, you know, thankfully Jim, you know, he grabbed it with both hands and um, literally... Um, and um, you know it was nothing gave me more satisfaction at the end of the game you know to see him going up there and, and lifting that cup in the first time in the club's history It's proper mark of a, of a captain isn't it um, I, I think um, with what you're saying there Danny I think, I think it reinforces what what I was saying before about all that preparation psychologically to get the squad to where it had to be for the final but one thing I wanted to, to touch on and something that tends to come up whenever the that period of time is is mentioned, and, and Stephen Thompson again mentioned this specifically. How important was it to have someone like Austin McPhee and the 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 analysis and prep work that he put in for the players, so that they also had that yeah. tactical, you know, detail to go into the game. Yeah, as, as I said, as I said, we we done the preparation um, up at the Fairmont the week before, and and part of that was that we had a bit of relaxation up there um, away from away from it all, um, we could relax, we could get on with our game plan. And the very first evening that we went there, um, and Austin had, we worked as a staff, and Austin had done the presentation on Hearts, and once we'd spoke about Hearts and what their strengths and what our game plan was going to be, that was them then put to bed. But Austin had such a, a way with him, you know, he was he was, he was a similar age of, of some of the experienced players, you know, so he, he had a good, he had a good way about them, you know, and one to one chats, etc., and getting his point across, and you know, going into that, you know, Austin's, you know, two presentations that he delivered that day, uh, one about Hearts in the the first night, and then the second night was all about us, you know, they were absolutely, there was no stone unturned, you know, everybody knew exactly, you know, what was required of them. Um, and then we went down and, and, and put them into practice on the training ground. And, um, you know, as I said there, it's 
you see 11 players out there, you see, you, you know, in, in, in the squad and you see them on that podium at the end um, celebrating. But the work, you know, for the staff, you know, and the team behind the team, you know, was so important also. And every one of them had a major, major part to play in that. And it's no surprise to me, you know, the levels, you know, of where Austin McPhee's went, you know, and his analysis and, and where he's working at this minute in time, you know, he's very, very methodical on that. He brings it across in simplistic t- uh, terms. Um, yeah, and um, as I said, you know, he was he was a pleasure to work with. Thinking about the the start that we actually made to the final, so we've kicked off. We go a, a goal down after what ten minutes or so, but the the team kind of rallied back and, and equalised, but. Before that equaliser, had you already kind of planned what you were going to say to the boys at half time? Um, sorry, you mean ten minutes into the game? No, sorry, no. So we've obviously um, conceded the goal, but we've come back and equalised. But but in between yeah. those two events, have you have you kind of thought right? We're getting a goal down. I'm going to think about what I'm going to say to kind of yeah. the guys. Well, you know, I, I think you know. The, the cup final itself could have been well and out of sight for us in the first 25 minutes. Hearts came out of the traps and really cemented, you know, what their game plan was and everything that we had spoke about, you know, and what they would try and achieve. Uh, the big lad up top was at Ngu, you know, we knew that he would be a hand free uh, going in beyond. But not as, I think the biggest disappointment for me in the opening 25 minutes of the game um and not even in terms of how we conceded, was the fact that it wasn't that Hearts were brilliant. They, they, they certainly started better than us, you know, and they had real intent and they're pressing, etc. But I just felt that we were playing the occasion and not the game itself. You know, you could see that we were a bit, bit nervous, you know, we, we couldn't find our rhythm. They were overloading us in the middle of the park. They were, they were causing great problems. Our ball retention was poor. Um, so it was, um, you know, so when we went to the goal down at that stage, um, and again, Hearts missed one or two very, very good opportunities in between that spell. Uh, we quickly withdrew, uh, we pulled McGowan a little bit deeper, and we started to number up in the middle of the park. The wee man started to get a hold on the game, um, so he did. Um, and we managed to start making one or two wee passes. And if you actually look just five, five, six, seven minutes before, we actually scored a fantastic goal. You know, we, you could see that. We were starting to get tackles. We were starting to get close to them. But I also think that was a big part to play in that we spoke about it in um, the, up at the Fairmont Hotel in the preparation, that we knew that we would come and have a go as they wouldn't allow us to to control the game in the way that we like to do with the ball. We knew that it would come at us, but we also knew that they couldn't sustain that for long periods of time. So probably in about 25, 30 minutes, they started to, with the intensity that they brought into the game, they started to fall short about that and we started to pick them off. And as I said, they're down the right-hand side. Fantastic play with, with, with I think it was Van Zanten, rolls the ball into Stevie Thompson and, you know, he sets uh, Gary Teal along the, uh, down the outside. And for me, always talk about that cup run and the game itself. 
that pass for Gary Teal was the pass of the pass of the match. So it was absolutely fantastic. But you know what made his mind up to pass it like that? If it wasn't Ishmael Gungalvis, you know, and he didn't have that blistering play pace, he would have probably had to have took it on himself. But when you actually see the pace of Gungalvis getting by the the Hearts fullback, you know, it was it, it certainly made Gary's mind up. And that's where your bit of experience comes in there. So it does. With a younger one, maybe have tried to take it on himself. Where they had that composure, yeah, it was um, it was a fantastic moment and a fantastic goal, and, and one that certainly settled us. Aye, we we obviously all kind of know how Isma came in and, and wrote his name into Sitmarin folklore. But can you maybe just tell us a bit about his impact on, I guess, kind of both games at Hamden? Yeah, well, again. Um, Austin McVie was was very influential on um, Gengalvis coming. He, he brought him, he brought us to our attention uh, about three four weeks before before the semi final itself, um, and that was with his connection with uh, Ian Cathro, who was assistant manager or coach at Rio Ave at the time, um, and the boy had to he needed a change of scenery. He needed a. a, a or a fresh, uh, something fresh, you know, to get him going again. Um, and we watched a lot, a lot of film of the boy. Um, we dwelled into a lot about his character, but we certainly knew, you know, going into the semi-final that we needed a bit more pace in the, in, in the areas up top. And he fitted that. So coming in in the way that he did, you know, a, a week before it, again, Austin was was fantastic with the boy that week. You know, I think he even stayed with him a couple of nights to make sure that he settled in, met the group, whatever. Um, and, you know, the rest was history. He comes in and within, you know, the, the opening of the semi-final, you know, and I don't know how many games in charge it was, but I believe that was the first goal that we'd scored against Celtic, you know, and um, it was an absolutely fantastic one, and on its own and you know looking at Ishmael going back into the the, the, the final um, alone there he, he was powerful he was direct um, yeah and, and and there's no doubt he, he had a bigger impact for us bigger impact um, for us when he first come um, in that opening month um, but I suppose I suppose when when clubs St. Mern, clubs like St. Mern, they're not meant to win they kind of competitions, but when they do, they're very far and few between. And I think that's the wee bit that I find difficult when the provincial clubs win uh, major cups. They find it hard to deal with and how to cope, you know, to carry on that success. Why? How's that momentum not continue, um, etc. And some, and I, and I get it to a degree that players have been there. You know, and they've worked ever so hard for a wee boy all those years to get to cup finals, and and because we all want to play at Hamden, we all want to play at Wembley, and then that dream's fulfilled. You know, but top top players at the highest level, you know, they they want to repeat that week in and week out. The top players that in the, in the game, you know, they 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 want to win every single five a side game at training, never mind cup finals. Um, and I think that's something that. All, all clubs, you know, all smaller clubs uh, find it challenging. But um, what a great week in its own, you know, the, the celebrations and, 
you know, and a hundred. What was the history of the football club at the time? Was it 137 years or something? At that time? Pretty much. Yeah, 135, 136. Yeah, around about that time. So to win a cup like that, the first time in the club's history, and to be a part of that, you know, thoroughly deserved. Thoroughly deserved. And and the boys deserved their mad week on the the towns of Paisley. (laughs) Celebrating with with the community. So they did. Um, just taking you back to we're talking about Ismail there and, and his goal to, to take you back to to the start of the second half and, and, and Stephen Thompson's goal the quote that did the rounds at the time was that, ah. that you told told them that that goal was was written in the stars and you know he certainly remembered that and, and the, the, how important visualising that was to to kind of the belief that it was going to happen is was that a, a kind of key part of your philosophy? Yeah I mean I think you know, as, as I got got on uh, in my time at St Mirren, you know, my, my one-to-one chats with players became very, very more important as you got to know their character, their families, what made them tick, etc. And Stevie Thompson was fantastic. When you got Stevie in a one-on-one, you know, he was an open book. You know, he, he really let you in. He really wanted to improve, um, so he did. Uh, he held his, his gloves up a wee bit when he was in, in the group. You know, and I don't know if that was maybe because he was a leader and a lot of people looked up to him, maybe he didn't want to show. But I certainly didn't think it was a weakness, Stevie opening up. I thought it was a I thought it was a strength when you had him on, on his own. Um so he did and you know, for, for what he had achieved, um not just in his his days at St. Martin, but in his, his whole footballing career, you know, he's he was always a player that I that I'd admired. Um and he had a couple, you know, at Rangers, stop starts, etc. Um, so he did. But to come and finish in the way that he did, you know, I thought I thought that was a marquee man that he had the right character that he never ever gave up, never never gave up in his dreams, you know, and to come that full circle near the, the end of your career, uh, and to go and win a major tour uh, a major cup with your boyhood heroes. That, 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 that's a fairy tale and it's it um, and it's so and so it is and um, you know I always look at him when he, when he scored that first that, that, that goal against Celtic was it his second I can't mind if it was his second one or the one that he come across but just when he lets out that big puff in the smoke yeah. the, the atmosphere it comes across and the players all run, run around him you know it was it was very very fitting for Stevie so it was very fitting you could feel it at that point. That was that was a fan scoring that more than a more oh, than a player. Oh, listen, I still I still get goosebumps any time that I see it. So I do. And it was his, his second one. In fact, the two of them were easy finishes. But his second one is when you look back at that and his technique, and you know, because it's slightly slightly behind him. So it is. I think it's, it's I think it's big cheesy that 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 keeps keeps it alive um, and crosses it over. Uh, to the second phase of a corner but oh, it was outstanding technique with Stevie Thompson so it was outstanding So see uh, in the final when we got the third goal Newton continued his run uh, can you remember the shift in the atmosphere within, uh, within the ground at that point is that when you kind of felt that we were going to see this through? Uh, no I still didn't believe it was, it was finished in that time but I knew that we had a, a great opportunity but you know, I wanted to savour that moment 
you know, just like all the fans, fans that, you know, it's, it's a very, very lonely place when you're in a technical area in Hamden and, you know, you're, you're, you're surrounded by thousands, a lot of things going through your, through your head and as, as much as you want to be in control, you also want to share that joy uh, with the fans and I did. Um, and it was, uh, when I look back at it and I see what I've done, I don't know what made me do that. I, th- I think it was just my way connecting and how Brian Caldwell all the way throughout for the semi-finals up to the final got the community and that behind us. It was, it was very much a people's final, and um, I wanted to, I wanted to see the fans' faces and how they celebrated, you know, in in in, in terms of what it meant to them, because you were now getting, you know, a couple of generations celebrating that. Some had only seen it for eighty-five for the Scottish Cup side. You were now getting. Uh, sons, granddads, and um, fathers, granddads, and sons—you know—all at the game together, and it was very, very emotional. And that is something that you know I don't need the video to remember that it's etched in the back of my mind. You know, I can still see it as clearly as as we're speaking at this moment in time, gents. Um, so I can. But um, see, was it exactly the exactly the same? It's it's you used the word there, and it's it's dead on. It, it, it was emotional, and it is emotional. I'm, I'm emotional now as we're, yeah. we're talking about it and as I'm listening to, yeah. to you talking about it, because particularly with that third goal with, oh, it was, with you and the, the relief of, of that moment, you know, the, the, the yeah. acceptance that we might actually do something here, but we went from being underdogs to being in our hands to yeah. to see it through, and it was, it was palpable. It was, it very much was, and, you know, then you quickly have to then shift back around and remember that you've still got another 25 minutes to play or something like that. Uh, and a game to to see out, but we, we managed that. You know, we we we, we did that well, and um, I think it was only natural. You know, going into the last six seven minutes of the game, that Hearts were going to throw everything at it, um, and that we would our backs would slightly be up against it because you're now holding on to something, aren't you? I thought, I thought, I thought even at three one, you know, I, I didn't see any problems when it went to and and. At, at that stage of the game, I know they were making a wee bit of inroads, but they were comfortable saves for Sammy at the near post, you know, coming in for Stevenson's, etc. Um, you know, the Hearts' second goal, you know, it gives them a wee, a wee lift with, you know, five, six minutes left on the clock or whatever it was. But, you know, that was a disappointing goal for us to lose, I thought. You know, I, I, I didn't think it was a great strike. You know, I, I don't know if Craig's angles were, were proper, you know, and that that's something even to this day, you know, in, in terms of cup finals. I've never even had that discussion with Craig Sampson uh, on, on that, you know, whether the angles were right or wrong. But when I look back at it, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he would have said that he could have done better at it. But, you know, in terms of other key moments in the final itself and leading up to the final, he had a major, major part to play in it. And, yeah, they the, the, were unreal moments, you know, uh, the final, the final whistle of the referee alone, you know, when we made the substitution and Kerry came on and and brought a wee bit of relief, he was he was somebody that could handle the ball, and that's when I knew it was when, when 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 the free kick went against Graham Kerry, you know, with with thirty seconds to go, I knew that if we got the ball into that court, that was it. So as soon as that free kick was given, that's when I knew that it was when that's when I. Uh, 
realised what, what we'd achieved. Yeah, I know I'm not alone in saying this at all, but that last, you know, that last few minutes after Hart second went in, I think that probably shaved a, a good few years off my life. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> it does, and, 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 and it's great, and I think it's, you know, football's like that. It's such an emotional game, you know, and I think if you look back in each of the games, each round for the early rounds, you know, all the way through um, to the final itself, you know, we went through every emotion that you could possibly think think of, and that's the beauty. That's the beauty of the game. But I'll, I'll, I'll go back and say that we thoroughly deserved it in the way that we played football in that cup competition that season. Um, and you know, every player stepped up to the mark, and you know, we delivered at the key moments um, in every single every single one of the games. Yeah, it was very very fun. Yeah, I want to um, ask about someone that you actually mentioned briefly a, a few moments ago. So, Bart McCausland, um, how important was it to have a, a local boy there that maybe had that bit more of a, a connection to the town and who'd maybe understand kind of what the opportunity meant to have a, I guess, a chance to make history? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know, Mark McCausland was a player that always. I knew Mark for his first time at St. Mum. Because David Longwell used to always bring the St. Man kids along to all the SFA courses. Um, so as runners, you know, for when we were all going through our, our coaching licences. That's when I first come across across Mark. Um, when I was manager at Cowan Beat and doing these courses. And then when I came to the club, you know, I'd realised that he'd moved on to Cooney South, etc. Things were only going quite well there. And, I, you know, I didn't have a, a massive budget when I first came. And, you know, I had to go into a market where I was and Mark was someone that I felt, you know, had a, a lot of potential, a lot of things that I liked in centre-backs. He was brave, he was good in the ball, you know, um, and someone that I felt that I could uh, help, you know, improve and, 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 and certainly fit into what we were trying to achieve um, and help him fulfil his potential. Fulfill his potential. So, Having somebody back at the club and what it meant to them, you could see what it meant to Mark McCausland. You know, every time that he stepped onto, not the pitch, but the training pitch, you know, he was so professional in everything that he'd, that he'd done. You know, and I think, I think with Mark that he was even more focused his second time around at the football club because he's already had an exit, you know, and, you know, it's okay everybody arriving at a football club, the hardest part staying at a football club. Um, so as so to see Mark come and progress the way he was and to see the emotions and what it meant, you know, there, there's a fond one in mine and I can't mind if it was, a, I think it's the final itself, uh, where him and Craig Sampson have a great moment together. Um, was that the semi or was it the final? It was a great picture. I think it's uh, the final. Was it the final, I think? So, yeah. Uh, it was a great moment in that. But where it really hit me with Mark McCausland um, was probably back at the hotel in the celebrations um, when he was with his family and his father. You know, to see that um, alone, um, the two of them were emotional. Two of them were emotional. And it was quite emotional even for myself because you then realised what it meant, you know. And to be fair, you know, Brian McCausland, George Campbell... 
Stuart Gilmore, you know, these guys, you know, really took that club for a place and then and, and, and put their own money. And so you, you, you've you got to look at that. And it was great to give them something back that they'll always cherish the, those memories. But without, they get, without the, those guys, you know, it could have been a different story. What what can you remember from the like uh, the scenes after the final whistle? Were you tempted to sort of join the players for the full night and the you know the following day as well in Paisley for the for, for the for the drinks? Yeah, the the, the actual celebrations and, and and coming back from Hamden and then getting on the top uh, open deck bus and driving through the streets of Paisley and you know to see everyone come together like that even. Elderly women, you know, for the young and, and young babies and people hanging out of, you know, tenement windows and it was an absolutely wonderful scene. And then when we get to the actual uh, city centre itself or um, the square itself, it was absolutely bedlam, you know. So to come out there and and share that as share that cup and that moment with the fans as as a, as a team was very very moving. Um, so it was and. You know, after after the after that, we we went back to the Glen Hall Hotel. It was just immediate families and, and friends and um, etc. Because you never know how these events are going to go, win or win or lose. And you know, everybody was just you know ecstatic. You know, it was great going round and 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 seeing what it meant to everybody's families and. You know, parents coming over, Jim Goodwin's put all, all his family over for Ireland. So it meant a great deal to to everyone there. And, you know, the, the celebrations went on, as I said, there for for a good three to four days there, and, and, and rightly so. Um, and after, I'm, I'm sure the chairman, Stuart Gilmore, he got he got involved in that again with Brian and, and George. But everybody had their moments. Myself, personally, I, I, I stayed away and I wanted the players to go and enjoy that themselves um, so I did um, I think that was important that they didn't they didn't think they were getting judged or, 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 or looked upon you know they, they, right, they rightly deserved their, their, their three four days of bedlam so they did um, and myself um, I just had a quiet one and I took all the family to Tony Macaroni's and, and we enjoyed the moment so we did um, and you know, they were things, I mean, as a, a player myself or even as an earlier younger manager, I might have just joined in the celebrations, but these were moments that I just wanted to soak up and cherish and, and, and enjoy. I've always wondered in situations like this, what what was that first training session like after the cup win when the boys all came back in? Absolutely buzzing. So it was. It was. It was. It, it, it was terrific. You know, you're getting glimpses of the stories. There's some of them. You know, there's, there's some of them still in in, in, in terrible nick. You know, <laughs> some of them under the influence. Some of them are getting dropped off at training. Never mind dry, driving. Uh, neither there. Um, but going back in, there were there were good moments. You know, there comes a time when they'll go to then get them refocused, you know, on what was in hand. And I don't think we had, could have got a harder uh, game after the final itself, which probably helped to an extent. I think it was Celtic. Um, was it Celtic at uh, Paisley? 
think so. I think so. Is the guard of honour, yeah? Yeah, yeah, they did. They gave us guard of honour. So I think with it being Glasgow Celtic, you know that it helped us refocus because we knew that we had to. There's always a wee bit extra against Celtic Rangers, you know, for some for some reason, um, and perhaps you know even going into that the guard of honour. Um, but we had a good, a very good performance, and I think we drew the game. Game, I think we drew the game one one. Um, if, I, if I'm right, uh, yeah. Was it one one two two one one? I think uh, one each. Yeah, one each. One each. So, you know that 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 was um, that was encouraging. That was encouraging. Um, but you know, briefly after that, you know, I think I think we went on to a, we went on to a wee bit of a poor run. You know, for the next. For the next two or three weeks, we went on to a poor run, and that was probably a, a fact. Everything trying to catch everything catching up, you know, and and all of us. Um, but you know, one of, one of the biggest things, you know, in, in in terms of that I'm proud of, you know, at Saint Mirren, that you know when I got the job and Marie Mitt was to make sure that we were dining at the top table every year, um, and 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 we achieved that. But we also achieved that by bringing the academy players closer to the first team and managing to bring bring a few of our own through, and then we also had a a major cup to show for it also. Um, so not there were for me personally there were you know probably right up there they're, they're probably the as a manager you know the 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 the, the best four four years that I've had as a manager, you know, and the memories that we created and, and the group of players that we worked with. The fans, absolutely incredible. You know, to this day, you know, I've been back a couple of times. I've always, always been well received when I go back. I've always got a, a place, you know, in my heart for the St Mirren fans. And the amount of letters, you know, in my time as St Mirren manager, and particularly after the cup final, you know, what it meant to people and I've still I've still got them to this day and every now and again I'll go back and yeah, it catches me. Catches me. No, um thank you Danny for, for joining us and um like helping us relive it and also thank you for being responsible for you know one of one of the best nights of my life, never mind everybody else that's listening at home. One yeah. of the, the worst hangovers of mine the next day, yeah. but I take it every year. Mm-hmm. No, they were absolutely fantastic memories, guys. And, you know, I think it's it's difficult. It, it, it's a hard one to, you know, look back on. And I can't believe that's 10 years uh, coming up around the corner. Um, you look at you look back in, in the players. You know, Stevie Thompson, when I see him on the sports sports scene, doing an absolutely fantastic job. Does, he's no aged a bit. <laughs> it is. Um, Jim, Jim Goodwin has got even better looking since he's grown his hair. <laughs> So he has, you know, and uh, do, doing very well himself. But you know, these these are all all players that will always have a special place in my heart and and everything that they've given me um, as a group, and more importantly, what we could all deliver for you guys, um, the supporters who are the most important people at any football club. And it was an absolute pleasure and an honour to serve every single one of you. No, no. Th- th- thank you, Dennis. It's been absolutely great having you on. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. Take Cheers, Danny. Cheers. Sports Social Podcast Network.